everybody and welcome to the show. My name is Benji and this is the Ben Obi Podcast Show, where I interview successful people who are making a difference in the world today and find out some of the secrets to their success. So today on the show we have a special guest with us. We have Fabrizio Poli, also known as my dad. Um, so Fabrizio, welcome to the show. Oh, you call me Fabrizio now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, just joking. So, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Because I know most of my viewers don't know who you are. They don't know you have a YouTube channel and stuff, so... Yeah, I have um, a few YouTube channels. Uh, mainly what I do, I'm in the aviation business. I'm, I'm a pilot, but um, I also buy and sell private jets and, and set up aviation businesses and aviation-related businesses. Um, so I have a channel called BizJet TV, uh, which is here on YouTube, uh, where I talk about private jets. I'm also... Uh, quite often interviewed on television uh, about aviation matters so when for example an aircraft crashes or there's some terrorists hijacking or something on an aeroplane um, or new aeroplanes just come out um, they usually have me on uh, for two or three minutes to ask me about the the, the airplane is also featured on a documentary about Tony Blair um, about his use of private jets and that so that's one of the channels the other channel I have is um, living outside the queue which is a bit like this, this podcast where I interview people that think outside the box or outside the cube, as, as I call it. And then the third channel is Health for Flyers, which is a health channel dedicated uh, for and mainly for pilots, flight attendants, and frequent flyers. So anybody that spends a lot of time flying, spends a lot of time on airplanes, there are some health challenges. So I'm on that channel together with, uh, with serving my wife. Um, and that's what we talk about there. So it's not only for people that are in the air and what you need to do in the air on the airplane, but also what you need to do in between flights to stay healthy. So that's uh, that's basically me in a nutshell. Well, why did you start making YouTube videos in the first place? Well, I think the, the world of um, technology and business is changing. And, um, you know, the cell phone now is has become your TV um, and your TV has become your radio. So if as a business I want to reach my customers, putting an advert in a magazine like Forbes and that, which actually costs a lot of money, is not really an intelligent way to go because I have no way of finding out how many people see the ad, how many people respond to the ad, how many sales I get out of the ad. It's very difficult to track. Um, while on a YouTube video, I can be more personal. People can see me on camera, like you're seeing me right now. And I can also track, I can see the gender of the people that are watching my videos, what countries they're from, how many minutes they watch, um, and I can track and see which videos work better than others. Um, and then when I do get a, a deal from, from a video, um, I can sort of find out which video was the, was the main one that drove them to send me an email and then schedule a call, because that's what I do basically. So I put the videos out there, and I'm talking about private jets, about the usage and, and that, and I just put out this free information. I'm, my whole goal is to just educate people. And if anybody out there comes across one of my videos and they feel that uh, you know I could probably be the person to help them find, it, find the right jet for them, they'll email me, I'll schedule them in for a complimentary initial call, uh, we'll do a call, maybe have a face-to-face -face meeting, and then we'll sign a contract, and then I'll be uh, contracted to go out there and find them the, the most suitable aircraft for them. Um, and that's that's basically how I use YouTube. It works very well. I got criticised by a lot of people in the aviation industry, saying that you know, high net worth individuals, ultra high net worth individuals, which are the people that I mainly deal with, they don't go on YouTube. Um, they do. Um, I mean, most of the business I get is through word of mouth, but. Uh, YouTube does also bring me business. I mean, I'll say it brings me two to three deal deals a year. But on in parallel with YouTube, I also do blogging on LinkedIn. And then I post all the 
videos that I do on YouTube into LinkedIn because LinkedIn for business is very, very good. So, you know, some people like to read, some people like to watch. So it's, I think it's important if you're doing business and using it for business that, that you, you are on both platforms. And I don't think there's any problem with posting your YouTube videos on LinkedIn or within a blog inside LinkedIn. Um, the only disadvantage with that is if someone does go on YouTube and you see a thousand people have viewed the video. If they view the video with inside LinkedIn, it doesn't count as a YouTube view. So if you are monetizing your channel and, and you're putting it on LinkedIn, and you see, oh, I have 5,000 people watch my video on LinkedIn. Well, that 5,000 will not flag up on YouTube. So the YouTube revenue is just by basically based off of the people that actually watch you directly inside YouTube. But bearing in mind that YouTube is the second largest search engine after, after Google. So, you know, people do go into YouTube and look things up. Um, and that's when I come up with the private jets. I think uh, definitely what you said before about the, um, the like YouTube becoming now the main place where a lot of people uh, give out information because now we're seeing all of the news uh, the news are now criticizing YouTube because there's a lot of reality on YouTube and the news has kind of become fake now so I think you promoting your business and stuff on YouTube is very good instead of putting it on the news because less and less people every day are watching the mainstream news they're watching youtubers who who report on the news and stuff so well I mean I am on the news as well but you know when when I get called up by RT or TRT World, which are the two networks that I work with, um, they only give me two, two and a half minutes. And sometimes you can't put the message across, or it's very difficult to put the message across in two and a half minutes. If I'm shooting my own video, I can shoot the message in three, 10, 20, 30 minutes, and really get the message across. And it really is putting the power into the hands of the people. Because today with a smartphone, you could basically produce a video, put it out there, and, and, and feed the news to the people. Um, well, once upon a time, you had to wait and hope that you know a news channel was going to call you and feature you or your company and whatnot. But today, anybody can create a video and put it out there, and that's why it's important to to share valuable content. And another thing I'd like to say, it's it's important not to sell. When you're on YouTube or you're on LinkedIn, do not sell. Share information and educate. Um, that I think is really really important to understand that. So, what inspires you every day to get up and? Um, and do thing the things that you do. Uh, what motivates you every day? Well, I mean, I have the obviously running my own business. I don't have a boss, so I have to find the motivation within. Um, I mean, I have a vision board and in my office, and uh, and I paste stuff on there. The goals that I want to achieve. I write my goals down at night. I write them again in the morning. I have a list of things I need to do uh, during the day. Um, but I mean, I'm always focusing on the things on that vision board. Uh, what do I want to achieve? What, what, what legacy do I want to leave? Right now, I've, I'm, I'm, I've got this big project that I'm working on, aviation and acquiring this company, and um, it's, a, it's an interesting project. Not only achieving the goal of acquiring the company, but then scaling this company is, 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 is an interesting project I've always wanted to do. So, you know, that wakes me up in the morning and, you know, having to work for, for my family as well and giving them a better lifestyle. Um, you know, these are all, all, all motivating factors that, uh, that keep me going. So, who is your greatest inspiration? Who, who was the person who inspired you the most uh, to get to where you are today? Well, I would say um, early on, I started reading biographies of successful people. I mean, my father was um, fortunate enough in the 1960s to become uh, an apprentice to Vidal Sassoon, the famous hairstylist. And Vidal had this thing about um, encouraging people to uh, to have big goals and also uh, 
to read and study successful people. So I started doing this at, I think it was about 17, 18 years old. Uh, but the book that really um, got me thinking was Think and Grow Rich, written by Napoleon Hill. That is a book that I read at least once a year. Um, it's very interesting. It's a study of the, the wealthiest people back in the 1920s. Um, and the, the whole uh, project was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, who at the time was the richest man in the world, who asked Napoleon Hill, who was a journalist, to go out there and interview these 500 people and find out what they had in common. And uh, it's interesting when you study that, because these principles, what these people had in common, are timeless. And um, so I think thinking big is important, but then you also have to have the confidence to be able to go for the large goal. And I think those two things are the things that stop people. They don't think big enough and they don't have the confidence. So thinking big, it's not too difficult to think small or big. Um, sometimes the confidence, and, and I think confidence will come if you educate yourself. That doesn't mean going to university, doesn't mean you know having to take so many courses. Educating yourself can be you know going to two-day seminars, can be reading books, watching YouTube videos. There's a lot of information on YouTube these days. Um, these are ways that you can educate yourself, improve your skills, your knowledge, which will then help you increase your confidence and so that you know that you can achieve that large goal. So I, I know you have a lot of books, you have thousands of books in your office as I've seen. Uh, what, what would be one book you would recommend to someone to read if they want to be successful in life? I would say again, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, it, it was written, published in 1930. I mean, over, I think it's 80, 90 million copies have been sold. Um, it's timeless. I mean, and there's been some updates that have been written. Napoleon Hill wrote other books as well uh, around success. But those principles um, are key. Um, and I think that would be one that I definitely recommend, together with another one, which is, which is Rich Dad, Poor Dad, written, written by Robert Kiyosaki, which talks about the, diff the four quadrants. Um, and it's almost like taking Think and Grow Rich to the next step. Um, and the four quadrants being, you know, the, you can be an employee, or you can work for somebody else. You can be self-employed, where you work for yourself. You can be a business owner where you have a business and the difference between being self-employed and a business owner is the fact that you are a business owner when the business works without you. If suddenly you don't go to work and you don't make money, then you're working for yourself. And the fourth quadrant is the investor quadrant where money basically works for you. And so the goal is to work your way from um, the employee all the way around to the investor. And, and there is a process and Robert Kiyosaki talks about that. But then if we look at the information Napoleon Hill sh shares with us in Think and Grow Rich, you can see how these different entrepreneurs um, actually worked their way around that quadrant and, and got into the investor side of the quadrant where money works for you. And I think these two, two books together um, really have influenced me. Um, and uh, I'd rec highly recommend anybody that wants to be in business to read both those books, but not once, not twice, but over and over again. So you're, I know you like technology and stuff and you like looking at the future and what the future holds. What do you think uh, aviation will look like in like 10 years from now? But now that technology is getting better, planes are getting more technological as well. What do you think uh, will happen in the next 10 years that will make technology and airplanes even better? Well, we can already see a number of projects now where they're working a lot more on vertical takeoff and landing. Uh, vertical takeoff and landing is, is, is great because you don't need these long runways anymore. Uh, you can take off from your back garden. Uh, the other thing is being worked on is electric vehicles and other forms of propulsion. 
um, and there's a number of things that have been worked on at the moment. Uh, and the other thing is uh, for supersonic air travel to come back again, civilian supersonic air travel. But there's also a number of products where they're working on hypersonic travel. And Elon Musk has said he's working on an aircraft which will take off and land vertically. It will be electric and it will fly hypersonic. And I think we're going to see that a lot sooner than what people think. So there's that development, which is all around speed and the convenience of taking off and landing vertically, which is great. But then inside the cockpit, there are a number of technological um, evolutions that are currently happening and mainly the introduction of artificial intelligence. So right now, most airplanes fly around with two pilots um, and there is a lot of talk in the industry at the moment about a pilot crisis and, and Ritz the other week had 50 airplanes grounded because they didn't have enough pilots. <clears throat> and it's getting very, very expensive to become a pilot these days. So young people look at other professions and say, you know, I'm not going to spend 120 grand on becoming a pilot. I'll use that money and, you know, uh, go into technology or computers or, or robotics. So um, what I see happening is we're going to be moving towards a cockpit with one pilot and the other pilot will be a robot or a form of artificial intelligence, which will interact with, with, with the one pilot on board. And that will then eventually take us to towards the pilotless aircraft. And we're already seeing this in the form of these drones. Now the drones initially were just very small. Now they've got bigger. Now it, they can carry people already in Dubai. There's a drone which carries one person, which is pilotless. So the drone will land, pick you up. It's the Uber of the skies, they call it. It's a Chinese drone and, and, and it will fly from one building to the next in Dubai and you just jump over the traffic. So I can see a lot of that happening in the next 10, 15 years. So we will be seeing the, the, the skies more crowded, but these pieces of technology that are flying around will talk to each other. So it will actually be very, very safe. Like the same with the, with the cars on the ground as we move into driverless cars, the cars will talk to each other. So there'll be a lot less accidents. So insurance companies, if you're in the insurance business, you probably need to start looking for another job or another business because the, 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 the amount of, or the, the need for so much insurance is not going to be there like it is today because computers will talk to each other. Now, yes, um, there is the threat that somebody could hack and create a bit of a disaster, but you know, uh, technology has always been used for good reasons and bad reasons. History shows us that. Um, I think we need to focus on the positive. So I see a lot of interesting things happening as mainly uh, air travel getting faster and getting more accessible as, as, as far as takeoff and, uh, and landing vertically. So all those airports out there that are thinking of building these new long runways, forget the new long runways because you won't need them because our aircraft will be taking off and landing vertically and flying hypersonic. Yeah, I think the future is going to be really cool with air travel, especially now that we're getting also supersonic, uh, even though we did used to have supersonic planes with the Concorde. Um, but I, I think it's going to be so cool to get on a plane and like in, in the matter of a couple of hours, fly from London to New York. It will be less, it will be like 40 minutes. Yeah, which is, which is really, really good. So what is the most technologically advanced plane on the market right now that people could buy? Well, there's a number of um, new aircraft that have recently uh, come out. The one that comes to mind is the Pilatus PC-24. This is a Swiss-made aeroplane. It's a jet. Um, it's the first jet that can land on grass. So uh, this gives the pilot accessibility to a lot more airports. It's also got a very large cabin for, 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 for the jet that it is. It's got a big cargo door as well. This aeroplane is actually can be flown by one pilot. So the avionics are so advanced that one pilot can manage on his own. 
So, um, and this airplane flies 2,000 miles, which is quite quite a fair distance, at 45,000 feet um, at, at, a, at a good speed, um, and can land on grass. So it's giving you a lot of versatility and being able to operate just with one pilot as well. So that is is one that is that is advanced. Also, that's coming out shortly will be certified is the Gulfstream G500 and the G600. Um, this is a, a new concept for Goldstream. It's the first time they do away with the traditional yoke, as it's called, and they have a side stick. But the side stick that um, Goldstream had developed uh, derives from military technology, and it's not the same type of side stick that's on the Airbus aircraft, for example, where the, the pilot doesn't really have a feel. Uh, on this, um, on, the, on the G500, you, the pilot actually feels uh, can, can fill the aircraft with, with this fly-by-wire joystick or side stick as, as it's called. So I, that's interesting, but, but the G500 is a long-range aeroplane, 5,000 miles, um, requires two pilots. So we, we, we're not seeing the one pilot in that aircraft yet, but we will, we will be seeing more and more aircraft going single pilot and even the airline is in the next 10 years. Uh, I've asked this question to a few people uh, before that I've interviewed on the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency and what, what do you think the future holds for cryptocurrency? Well, right now there's about 1,600 different cryptocurrencies, which is quite a lot. Um, and I, I read a lot, as, as Benjamin said, because uh, I deal with a lot of business people that are very smart and obviously, you know, they're billionaires and that, and so they, they know a lot about business, about geopolitics and what's happening. So I need to sort of understand how the world is really working. And that's not what CNN tell you or BBC, but how it really is ticking along um, and what's about to happen. And try and read into the trends before they happen. See what people are doing, what people are thinking. Um, so it's important. So looking at cryptocurrency, with 1600 cryptocurrencies and looking at the cryptocurrency, there's two things you need to look at when you look at cryptocurrency. The first thing is the team behind it. So who are these people? What have they done in the past? What's their track record? And the second thing you need to look at is the utility of the coin. So Bitcoin was the first one, um, and it was like the first cryptocurrency, uh, but it doesn't really have a utility apart from just being a coin, a currency. But there are other currencies out there which are interesting. Uh, one comes to mind is Power Ledger. Um, and Power Ledger is basically, if you have, let's say, solar panels on the roof of your house, and your house is producing more energy than what you need, that extra energy is thrown back into the system, but it, it goes back into the form of a power ledger coin. So you may be producing energy for your house for the day, plus five power ledger coins. Now those power ledger coins can then be used to go out there and purchase other things. Um, so that's interesting because it's got a, a good utility. Another one comes to mind is the hemp coin. Uh, the hemp coin is used by farmers. Uh, not only hemp farmers, but other types of farmers, to be able to, and they have a, a like a debit card with the w w where the coins get loaded onto. So you, and you can trade um, and uh, between farmers and that. The important with the cryptocurrency, and this is why I see the cryptocurrency is here to stay, <clears throat> because the currency that we have today, and I don't know if any of you've heard of fiat currency. Fiat currency is a currency that is not linked to gold and silver. It's basically a, a currency which can be. Uh, money that can be created out of thin air, basically. 1971, President Nixon, was President of the United States at the time, took the US dollar off of the gold standard. A lot of other currencies followed. So basically this money can be printed at random. But who decides how much money to print is the Federal Reserve, which is this conglomerate of private banks that decide this. Now the beauty of the Bitcoin, or the, let's say the, the cryptocurrencies in general, is that 
I can decide tomorrow morning to create my own cryptocurrency. And I've been told by the experts it only takes two weeks. As long as I have other four or five people that agree to accept my coin, the Fabrizio coin, um, then I can go into the baker's in my town and he accepts the Fabrizio coin and I can give him a Fabrizio coin in exchange for a loaf of bread. Now he's got the Fabrizio coin and he decides he's going to the butchers to buy some steaks for his family and the butcher decides to accept the Fabrizio coin. He goes in there with that coin and he purchases the steak. So as long as these people agree to accept the currency, so what it's doing is where with the banking system we had a centralized system with this, this conglomerate of banks called the Federal Reserve which made the decision on the currencies, on the exchange, on, um, on, on the whole story of money, basically. Now, with cryptocurrency, it's decentralized it. So it's putting the power into the hands of the people, which is a bit what the internet has done. It's before, in order for you to reach other people, you had to go on TV. But there were only so many TV stations and you needed to, to, to be able to know somebody that owned a TV station in order to get onto TV. Today, you have a smartphone, guess what? You have your own TV station. So it's decentralized information. Um, and what cryptocurrency is doing, it's decentralizing the monetary system. So I think it's a good thing, but you, what you have to be careful is there are a lot of scams out there. And I think that there will, before we establish properly, there's gonna be a lot of scams and a lot of ups and downs, a lot of volatility in the market. Uh, before we you know eliminate these thousand cryptocurrencies out there which are just there for the ride and they don't really have a, a utility so look at the team look at the utility because those that have a good team those that have proper utility are the cryptocurrencies which are here to stay um, and those are the ones to, to, to use so I think yeah cryptocurrency is a great thing it's here to stay but I'd still would would have some money invested in gold and silver physical assets because you know if suddenly the electric grid were to go down then how are you going to trade with your cryptocurrency? Because if you're, all your electronic devices are not working, um, then, you know, we have to revert back to bartering and gold and silver. Yeah, I think, I think cryptocurrency is kind of a, uh, uh, an interesting topic because there's a lot of people that say, no, cryptocurrency is never going to be a thing. Cryptocurrency is fake. It's, it's made up. And, um, and because it's not backed by anything physical, a lot of people are not very keen on investing in it but i think cryptocurrency is a great thing i think as you just said it will one day it's it's here to stay and it will one day replace maybe the banking system and the banks should should be afraid of this because it, it's it's going to happen and yeah i mean banks are, i not. mean anybody in the banking business in the next five years 90 percent nine zero 90 percent of the banks will disappear because we won't need a bank because if you've got your your cryptocurrency stored on your phone or in your electric wallet or whatever and you can immediately transfer that coin to somebody across the world to maybe buy an aeroplane okay so i transfer the currency i can do that on a sunday afternoon at three o'clock when the banks are shut i just press the button and five seconds later the coin arrives in the guy's phone in in, in jakarta and deal done so uh we've got a question here from a fan from twitter and he asks what is your favorite thing about being a pilot also has anything crazy ever happened while in the air yeah many crazy things have happened um in the air um and yeah, it's fun being a pilot i mean the airplanes move through the air they move fast it allows you to do to visit other countries it's a very dynamic thing to do to fly a plane it's not simple you've got to think quick um so it's only for a certain type of person um, challenges in the air, yeah, I've had some emergencies, I've had terrorists on, on one of my flights I had to deal with. 
um, I've had an engine failure, um, I've had generator failure, um, passenger dying once that we managed to save, so we had to actually declare a mayday in the air uh, and, uh, and land, emergency landing, that was, uh, that was interesting. The lady survived, that was good. So yeah, I mean, there's lots of lots of interesting stories. Okay, so uh, what are your future plans for not only YouTube but for your business in general? Well, um, I'm not going to disclose what the plan is because uh, you'll find out soon. Uh, but uh, what I can say uh, to anybody that's watching or listening is, um, no matter what business you're in, you need to have a web presence today. And if your English is limited. Um, Make sure you, 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 you improve your English to a point where you are able to go out there and do some videos in English. And that doesn't mean your English has to be perfect. But um, going out there and, and, and talking about your business and putting a face on it um, and, you know, telling people what you do and how you do what you do, I think is, is, is a great way and also a very cost effective way of getting the word out there about yourself, your business, your service, your products. Um, because you know, once upon a time, people had to hire these advertising agencies, which spent weeks and weeks of planning, and on storyboards and equipment and actresses and you know millions of dollars to produce a two-minute video clip that was put, that cost so much money to produce and then so much money to put out there on the TV station at a certain time of day or night. Now you have a smartphone and you've got some editing software on your smartphone and you post to YouTube, guess what? It takes five, 10 minutes, and it doesn't cost anything. But take some time to look into it, take some time to get it right, and don't be afraid of getting it wrong. Just keep throwing videos out there because believe me, I post some videos sometime, and even on my blogs and I say, I mean, I remember once I, I posted, this, I, did, I wrote this blog about Edmonton Airport. And I thought, well, maybe 25 people will read it. And because I was doing a whole series on the Aerotropolis. And the Aerotropolis is where they build an airport and then a city is built around the airport. Hence the word Aero for airport, Tropolis for city. Um, and Edmonton happens to be one of these Aerotropolises. So I write this article, post it on LinkedIn. I had three and a half thousand people read it within the space of a couple of days. I had two entrepreneurs from Edison ring me up and the director of the airport ring me up directly on my cell phone to compliment me and thank me. And then I had a local newspaper ring me up as well and ask me a, a, a bit more about, uh, about the airport and that. So that was interesting because I would have never ever imagined that that would have had that success. While there's other videos that I posted that I thought was we're gonna have 100, 200,000 views. And no, maybe got 50 views, 60 views. So you never know. And, and there's never really any way of knowing until you've just posted it out there. And that's why you have to keep producing content, posting it out there, bearing in mind and thinking always about the person that's gonna be watching, the person that's gonna be reading. Make sure that you're bringing value to the table, that you're educating, that you're taking value out there. And, and, and that value you're delivering to the marketplace is free so that people can see who you are and what you can have to give. Um, and who knows, maybe they'll call you up and want to do a deal with you. So do you have any last uh, advice for, for the people who are watching uh, who maybe want to become a pilot or maybe want to be successful in life? Well, the pilot thing, as I said, it, it has changed and it's changing very rapidly. Unfortunately, the terms and conditions today of pilots compared to when I started, they're, they're not, nowhere as good and the money's nowhere as good. So investing the money to become a pilot and you know, the, the sweat equity, you know, the, 
you've got to make the money to get your licenses. Uh, you've got to then, you know, study hard and do all your training. Um, is it worth it? I'm not sure. A lot of developments happening in the world today with technology and drones and and all the other things we talked about. Uh, I would say, you know, look at where the world is today. Um, a lot of science fiction novels will give you an idea of where we're going to be in the future, which will give you an idea of what kind of things you need to get into. But I would say, you know, artificial intelligence, robotics, um, definitely. Uh, and I would say creativity. Anything that requires a creative mind, which is something that a form of artificial intelligence can't do, it can't create. I know they've had a, a computer write some music, but it's not the same thing. I mean, if you're you know, if you're into some form of art or writing or whatnot, um, even coming up with ideas like studying technology and robotics to be able to then come up with new pieces of technology and robotics and, and, and that kind of thing, that's definitely something to get into. Um, and, you know, today getting into this kind of thing isn't anywhere near as expensive as it is, for example, to become a pilot because you can sit there on YouTube and then you can go out on eBay and buy the parts and learn an experiment and put things together. I mean, you yourself, Benjamin, you know, I mean, how you learned to dismantle an iPhone and rebuild it and repair them. And you watched a few videos on YouTube, tampered with a few phones and learned as you went along. There's no book that taught you that thing. You didn't go to a class to learn it. So I think um, schooling is going to be moving a lot online. We're going to see more and more people homeschooled. Um, so the traditional schooling system is going to collapse. It already is. And I think that's a good thing because again, the schooling system was a centralized system. It's becoming decentralized. So I would say we are moving towards a decentralized world, which is putting the power into the hands of the people. So really, you know, the opportunities for the future are really unlimited. So just open your mind, find something you enjoy, find something to do with technology and that, and just go for it. Okay, so thank you for being on the show. Where could people find you on social media? Well, I would say, uh, here on YouTube, BizJet TV, Health for Flyers um, on YouTube. You can find me on Facebook and Fabrizio Poli, even look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm currently, interestingly enough, don't have a website. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, doesn't look like I need a website. And I think that's another thing, which I didn't mention. I think websites are starting to become a thing of the past as well. Yeah, because now there's a lot of apps that are being made, Facebook pages, yeah. Twitter accounts. So yeah, if you guys want to follow my dad on social media, I will also link all of his uh, links in the description below. So his channels, his Twitter and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, that about brings an end to this episode of the Benobi Podcast show. Again, thank you to my dad, Fabrizio, for being on the show. And yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll catch you later. Thank you guys, and I'll see you on BizJet TV.